Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And for the second time this week, welcome back to the fifth and last NRL podcast and Boxhead. Jumping in to some previews before round 19 NRL action. Have a look at uh, any news that sort of happened since we recorded on Monday and uh, try to find a couple of winners with bluebet.com.au. We are for the premiership of podcast this week. Yeah, bit of extra free time, so a bit more content like everyone else. A bit stir crazy, so why not? When you've got yeah, the, when, when you've got the time, that's right. Very very rare. But first of all, before we jump in and do that round nineteen NRL preview, thanks to Bluebet.com.au, we'll do a little bit of news and what's happened, sort of in the last twenty four to thirty six hours. Brought to you by Penrith Solar Centre. There is no one better. They've just been given the award for the twenty twenty one end phase solar number one installer. So congrats to Jake and the mob there. Give them a call today, eighteen hundred twenty twenty nine thirty or visit the website ww.penrosolar.com.au for all your solar solutions. There is no one better. Um, a bit more news since we talked about the Bulldog situation the other day. A couple more of those signings have now been uh, confirmed. Tui Katoa basically once we got off air one-year extension, uh, young junior through their system. Obviously, probably would have got him on the cheap and he gets one more year to impress. Jaden Ockenbore, after off-field incidents and injuries, has signed a two-year extension. So I'm thinking, again, just with the magnitude of how many players they've got to fill in their squad, 15 off contract, they've probably signed him for cheap. Um, give themselves an opportunity to see if he can deliver. Uh, still a lot of talk. Now that Will Hopawade, obviously not wanted, was offered to the Dragons. Dragons offered him, I think, a year or two, but uh, by all reports, he'll be heading to St. Helens now in the Super League. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? Mm, so. uh, yeah, things are starting to happen for the Bulldogs, aren't they? They're, everyone sort of said that you know, they've got a lot of guys off contract and now they're starting to sign a few and move a few on. So I, I like what they're doing. I like the approach. Slow and steady, and they're not in any sort of rush. So, no, uh, yeah. And uh, a few of the guys that they've brought in have gone quite well. So, uh, Beyondy and I think Kicks went okay in his two games. So, yep. Yeah, some positive signs there. Dean Madison, Ryan Madison's brother was he was in the in the squad, and then when they went into the current bubble, they dropped him back out of it. But he's another one who I think, or who I'd really like to see be given a shot at, at first grade. I think he could he could handle it quite comfortably. So, yeah, there's a few great shoots there. Alamotti's another one who we know about through ball and flag, and he hasn't played first grade yet, but 
he's uh, he's dominant the SJ ball uh, in the same sort of fashion that Sawali dominated Harold Matthews. So he's gonna he's gonna be a real, real um, a real gun for Canterbury in time. Yeah, they've signed him already, I think, for a three-year deal. Not NRL straight away, but I think next year's at least development and doing an off-season, and then the two years after might be first grade. So, um, Along with those moves, yeah. still a lot of talk around the Pangai situation. We've been hearing for days now it's going to be announced. Pretty much everyone's almost but confirming that the Bulldogs is where he'll be going uh, for the next three seasons. This was done before Gus got to the club, so uh, whether he would have been on board with this move or not I guess it doesn't really matter now if they've already got things done still talk around the Vaughan situation and their interest there um, and then looking at what they've got left I guess with some of the moves they've made now if you did, did end up moving on those couple of signings probably leaves them with about 8 or 9 spots left so you've got Dean Britt Christian Crichton Sione Katoa Offie Hickey Ogden James Romanos Chris Smith Renoff Atoni um, and then they've got development guys who are obviously outside that 30 but I don't know uh, Paul Caratano, he's sort of been in and out of flag. Patolo, Chris Patolo, I think, got a debut the other week when they had all the blokes suspended. Kurt Picken, I haven't really seen his name. So uh, there's still a high chance that they'll have a few new guys in those spots and eight or nine spots to fill in their top squad. So interested to see uh, what they do. Plus, we already know that the Fox, Matt Burton, Dufty, Naden, etc., are coming. So um, Gus Gould said the other night that he started Zoom meetings already with all staff, coaches, players, and people at the club. So... Uh, no doubt there'll be some more movement in the coming weeks. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, another bit of news, obviously, uh, the talk the other day about the Eels being interested in Milford. I guess maybe a bit more renewed interest, more so than our original thoughts, given the fact that now Moses has been confirmed to have uh, a back fracture. And they said three to six weeks, and now they're saying indefinitely. So in that situation, I guess if you've got salary cap space just purely to bring another player in for cover, it's not a bad idea. No, I agree. Um, I wouldn't have done it with everyone fit, but now that you've got Moses out, you've got a bit of a hole there. So if you've got the money and Brisbane will release him, it's a no-brainer in my mind. Yeah, because they've obviously got Brown. You know that Arthur's shown little bits uh, of his ability. They've had Rankin there the whole year. They haven't used him yet, so you don't think he'll probably be much of an option that they look at. Uh, Will Smith has showed that he can be steady and also that 14 role. But yeah, if you've lost somebody and you've got no definite timeline there, it de- certainly can't hurt to bring in somebody now, given the circumstances. So, interested to see uh, what they do there. But their renewed interest will probably happen sometime this week. The other one was the news yesterday that why Pango and why Simon the Dogs, they linked him to Penrith, which was all but knocked on the head. And a lot of people said it was due to salary cap space. But if I'm not mistaken, I thought they announced the other week that once Nathan got hurt in Origin and it's a long-term injury, it opened him up for dispensation of up to 350000 Yeah, I thought so as well. So under that circumstance, surely he there's not that long left in the NRL pay season. There's three months. His deal would be worth less than that and they wouldn't have to pay him that much to get him. Yeah, well, I think there's a lot more to it. I think they're, they're thinking that they're going to save some money. That money that they're going to save on this year's cap, they'll use for next year. Well, they're going to need to. I don't, I, yeah, exactly. I, I don't know that for sure. Without sort of knowing the books and uh, without Penrith being, you know, really open and transparent about it, which I don't have to be. No. You're never really going to know. But, yeah, I think they're probably, yeah, best off using that money for next year. If they can. I think the other I mean, thing... The other side of it is you, 
you know, you're in a premiership window as well, so you want to take advantage of this year. So it's that balance between putting all your eggs into this year, but also um, making sure that you're okay for next year as well. Yeah, and they're, they're definitely going to have some change next year, obviously, with Kate Well, Martin will move in to the back row. They were already a bit light on in middles as far as the bench is concerned. So looking at their squad and who's moving on, they're probably going to need to find a couple of value buyers at the end of the year that have fallen out of squads or have a couple of kids step up again. And then next year, again, after all the re-signings, there's more pressure on that squad. Yeah. RP Coruscant will be up for an upgrade. Kickout hits the open market. And there's a couple other middle sort of tier guys that are off contract, Moses Laoda, et cetera. So um, yeah. why, why the window's open, like you said, I guess it's that catch-22. Do we hold off the extra 300 or so and front load a couple of deals to try and help out or do we go for broke right now? Yeah, it's, it's that balance, isn't it? Mm. And there was a, do a bit of yeah, well, there was a bit of talk now that uh, Fisher-Harris might be leaving the bubble for the birth of his child and he might have to quarantine or miss a game or two. So would that, would that renew their interest? I don't know. Um, and I guess from a club perspective as well, the flip side of it is, we've said it a million times and everyone has, for all the talent he's got, can he fall into line with the opportunity to win a premiership at the back end of a season and play a role, say, off the bench for Penrith? Or would you be too worried about the fact that, you know, he's got a pretty bad track record with suspensions, discipline and not, you know, having a brain fade in a final or a big game. Where are they going to play? You'd bring him off the bench as a middle, surely. They're light on bench middles. Yeah. You've got Mossy, Fisher-Harris, your back row sorted with Kate Well, and obviously Kikio, you've got Yo at lock, Martin comes off. Well, to me, the bench, you've got May because he covers all positions utility-wise. I'd have Lainu, I'd have Martin because he can play middle and edge, and then you've got a 7-8 spot there, which Sorensen's been doing a really good job. But mm. if you could jag Pengai for bugger all at the back end of the year, who also plays middle or edge. I, I, I'm probably in the camp. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't waste my time with Pengai. Mm. And I think I'm more with you, not questioning the talent, but the injection, the culture you've already got, the group you've got, the balance. I don't know if I want to introduce the guys, something. The guys there are doing a good job. So. Yeah, I don't want to introduce something you know that has that sort of risk around it right now. No, and, and from a financial perspective, I'd, yeah, I'd rather just keep the money and use it for next year and try and keep the majority of this group together. Mm. So, interesting, but keep our eyes on that one. Uh, also, on the flip of that, Canberra Raiders, very bad news. Savage, Xavier Savage, after two Corker games, it turns out that AC joint was worse than first thought. He's out for the season. Oh, so, really? big blow um, before we do these lineups. Uh, yesterday. Wow. Saw that and that. thought he, he's brought a real spark and their, their spine and their team's obviously changed a little bit dynamic-wise the last few weeks where you've obviously had him come in at the back bringing a different element around the ruck. Speed, he showed that he's got a pass as well, but um, yeah. just that X factor from the back end of the field and then having Hodgson push out to be an extra sort of half and get Starling into the game, it kind of brought a new layer to their game with their forwards going forward, but losing him now, that, that is a big blow. Yeah, it's going to hurt. Um, and I think Jack this week, that rib injury looks like he wasn't named, and Elliot Whitehead's still missing. So uh, why things were looking good for Canberra may be a big ask now if they lose the game this week and uh, missing Savage for the rest of the season. But other than that, there's a few little bits and pieces here injury-wise. Alex Johnston, he's looking at two to four weeks with that hamstring. Melbourne, no injuries, but resting Munster, Fanuke and Felice, and why not? Um, they've rotated a couple of those guys in and out during Origin. 
They've got a nice buffer, and they've been winning without their origin players, so they've got that right this week. For the Titans, Philip Semi ankle is looking anywhere to a couple of weeks, up to four. Aaron Clark apparently is only a week with his elbow, and Jamal Fogarty has avoided a fracture, but I think he broke the skin, so they're worried about infection, and he won't be playing this week. Uh, other than that, I think that's about everything I've got here, bar the talk that the Tigers are obviously not shopping Brooks, and now they're saying he's shopping Brooks. A lot of people are linking him to potentially the Sharks or the Raiders. And then there was obviously the crazy story that the Tigers rang the Raiders and offered Brooks an MBI for Hodgson and Whiten, which just seems comical, but uh, whether it's true or not, it's a different story. But Luke Brooks potentially on the move if the Tigers try to get him to go somewhere else. I, I don't think it would be that simple. Um, the fact they re-signed him after he was Dallium half of the year, he's on big money. If a club was to take him now, I'm sure there would be interest, but only at the right price. So I think the Tigers, again, much like the MBI situation and other ones they've had previous, I think they'd have to chip in some freight. But I don't know. Jackson Hastings, I haven't seen much of the Super League, but it's not exactly the strongest comp right now. Would I be willing to move on from Brooks to bring in Hastings to rely on him to be my seven for the whole year? Uh, I don't know if I would just at this point. No. And it, you know, if they're not if they're not happy with the contract or looking for a fresh start, that's one thing, but they've got plenty of bad contracts and they've signed more bad contracts. So uh, yeah. it seems to be a never-ending cycle, unfortunately, for the Tigers. It does, yeah, it does. But keep your eyes on that one. But for now, let's jump in. Round 19 preview brought to you by bluebet.com.au. If you're going to bet with any bookie, do it with the true blue bookie. Bluebet.com, visit the website today and download the app. The first game we've got is the one we just sort of alluded to. It's the Raiders up against the Parramatta Eels and a couple of big outs for both teams. But um, Canberra, just when they strung two together and looked to have found a bit of a new uh, element in their side, have lost Xavier Savage. He's out for the season. Jack White missing this week as well. And Elliot Whitehead. Also not named, so Rapana moves to fullback. Harley Smith-Shields moves on to a wing. Uh, they've got Frawley back in the halves with Sammy Williams, and the back row stays as it was last week. Harawira Nara, Hudson Young, Sutton, but onto the bench now comes Matt Tomoko. Uh, on the Parramatta side of things, a couple of changes. Tom Opacek is having uh, some time off after, obviously, the shocking uh, event that happened with his brother's passing. And William Panasini, the young gun there, is going to get a debut in the centres. Jacob Arthur deputises at seven again with Mitchell Moses missing with that back fracture. Uh, and other than that, looking here, I think it's pretty much the same side except Blake Ferguson as well. After a long stint out, he gets recalled for his first game. Hayes Dunster moves out of the side. So, um, Hayes Dunster dropped. Yeah, he's out of the team. Wow. Okay. So, uh, interesting, because the big thing or the call was it was defensive decisions that cost him his job, which I think is a bit unfair because playing outside Wunga Blake is an absolute you know, roll of the dice most weeks and he doesn't know whether he's in or out. So uh, looking at the game and having a bit more of a deeper look at it, obviously for the Raiders, it's big to lose Jack and Savage. Savage in particular, like I said, brought that new X factor, speed around the ruck, hitting holes, he was offloading, he... You know, we're starting sets off well or getting into spaces. They're playing off the back of that. They were pushing Hodgson out to seven, getting Starling in, Gula, Papali, Tapine have finally started to get forward, get some offloads. Harrow and Naira 
Uh, we, we were seeing more of what we expected to see, which was a direct physical power team offloading and playing off the back of momentum rather than playing side to side. But uh, with Frawley and Williams, you know, things are going to be a bit more basic. Uh, I think they'll go back to more the way they played against the Manly side the other week, looking to get repeats, build pressure, and again, play direct, but obviously not as much X factor. You know, Rapana's going to be busy. Um, not so much the ball playing side of things, but he can offload. Smith Shields, pretty good replacement. Um, but yeah, not a lot of football. But on the Parramatta side of things, I guess it's on Dylan Brown again. Dylan Brown, Gutherson, Reed Money, second game to help out Jacob Arthur, steer things around. Uh, they've got some options there, I guess, in terms of how they, they want to go about it. But kicking game's a big thing in that regard. Their power pack to do their job. I'm sure they're going to run plenty of traffic in particular, at Sam Williams. A few blokes have found love there. I think he's matched up on Isaiah Papali'i, which is not going to be easy. Um, so that, that'll that definitely be something to keep your eye on. And then, I guess, for the Raiders side of things, targeting-wise, you'd surely have to test out that Wunga, Blake, Blake Ferguson edge, and obviously the young kid in now as well, Penasini, in his first game. Yeah, I'd, I'd imagine that's where you're going to go. Um yeah, a lot, of, a lot of changes for Paramount. I think the, there's a huge advantage in having Reed Marnie back. Like, I'd be concerned if they lost Moses and Marnie was still out. But he had a really, really good impact on them last week. He straightened right up. I think if they continue just to look at that as the cornerstone of their game and they play through the middle of, of Canberra, I think they'll generate enough opportunities. But... Uh, Canberra, for Canberra, I think they, they've just got to stick to that um, that same game plan that works so well for them against Manly. You know, kick well, complete high, and try and turn Parramatta around and, and hope that Parramatta play a little bit sideways and are forced into some errors. And, I, you know, I think that's going to be Canberra's avenue into a, into a victory. Parramatta, I think that's going to be the word for them this week with... Moses out. I guess there's going to be some questions around who's going to do the majority of the kicking. I think if Mahoney can help out there, that'd be good. Uh, and and then obviously Dylan Brown's going to have to, you know, really step up in that area and, and take a lot of the kicking on. Yeah, uh, I think for Canberra, their biggest enemy, even last week when the Sharks were so poor. Also, just their discipline at times. They're their own worst enemy. They can really implode with errors, penalties. So if they can get that out of there, play direct, simple, and build some pressure, um, I think, yeah, all good. And then on the flip side for the Eels, like you said, those few spots there that they can have a look at, Canberra, if they can get some second phase and kind of bust them up through the middle. But I thought Parramatta, particularly the first half last week, is the most direct they've played. And that was obviously without Moses there, Brown getting his hands on the footy, Reed Marnie, etc. And... Uh, Madison post those concussions is back to the sort of form that had him close to origin Papali hasn't had to do as much the last few weeks which is a good thing because it felt like for a month or so there it was just it was either off Papali whether it be an offload a tackle break a quick play of the ball or nothing so I'm going to go the Eels um, I just think Savage White and Whitehead they've had a couple of good weeks but it's a big ask Moses is a big out but yeah those few losses for Canberra um, I'm hoping it's close I'm hoping they can somehow pull an upset but I think it's in, in the Eels' favour. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think more than likely, it's, it's Parramatta's game, but I think it just depends on what style Parramatta want to go about. If they want to play that 
simple, you know, north-south game. The Parramatta are so good at let Marnie roll out. They kick well with their halves. And, and like you said, I think their edge defence is going to have a huge question mark over it. And, you know, the pathway for Canberra is complete high. I hope the Parramatta have errors. And then, like you said, test out those edges and hope you can break them apart and, and get a victory. It's, it's a huge, huge game for Canberra. But, like, losing White and Savage, is, that's huge blow for the Raiders. So I'm with you, mate. I'm going to go the Eels. Yeah, hoping, like I said, that we, we get a good game. But, um, yeah, a lot hinges on this one. And uh, as far as Jack and Whitehead, like they're two guys you definitely want to get back in. But Hudson Young, after a long spell out, he was good last week. Harry and I played his best game. Hopefully those guys can somehow find a way um, to back it up this week. But, yeah, just putting together close to doing 80 performance rather than these patches. They All year, they get a couple early tries and they seem to get real back in. The weekend, they obviously finished it off, but six or so other times we've watched it, it's just capitulated. So interesting to watch. But with bluebet.com, Parramatta are heavy favourites. They're $1.20, 460 for the Raiders. 14 and a half start uh, is what you're getting there. So uh, start of the week, I think it was maybe 12 and a half and $4 before those guys were confirmed as out. I probably would have taken the 12 and a half, but now uh, not so sure. There's a few variables with those changes, but we'll see what happens. But second game, early Friday, kickoff Roosters up against the Newcastle Knights. Uh, and in terms of things here, big one that interests me. I'm not sure injury or form because it hasn't been the greatest few weeks. But mind you, uh, you know they haven't been doing their best work inside, missing the quality of players they're missing. Josh Morris is in the reserves, and Billy Smith keeps the centre spot with Manu uh, and Tedesco now back at the back. Hutchison and Walker. Still in the halves. Lee Yu starts in front row. Tokiaho back to the bench and back to the normal back row. It's a quality back row. Crichton, Tupanua, Radley with both the Butcher brothers on the bench and Liam to cover halves. And Hooker for Newcastle. Pong is still at the back. Uh, back line pretty much the same. Halves, Phoenix Cross on name again. No Mitchell Pierce at all in the 21. But hopefully, Safidi's been named if he's back. You've got the Twins, Braley, Frizzell, Barnett, Watson, which is you know close to their best pack, and they're going to need it. And on the bench, Sue, Clemmer, King, and Brody Jones. I guess the big thing here, the Roosters have been a little bit more vulnerable uh, with a lot of those guys playing you know, and learning their trade, but this is probably the most stable they've looked in a few weeks uh, to have you know that forward pack, Verrills at nine, Radley back at lock, your edges... The bench, they probably won't lean on as heavy. Tokiaho's been struggling, but they've said he's literally been playing with a hemi at 70 80% the whole year, which makes things a little bit understandable now. But very interested. I had a huge rap on Billy Smith when they let Latrell go, and he's had a horror run with injuries, but maybe a sign of uh, looking towards the future that Morris might just be getting a rest, but they've gone with Billy Smith. It's hard to argue. He's been good. It's hard to argue. He's the future. Morris is coming towards the end. Morris hasn't been fantastic over the last few weeks. So I'm happy. Happy with the decision. I, I can't argue with it. No, I, I think similar deal. Um, he, he had huge raps regardless of what happened two years ago prior to injury. Your big issue with someone like this after these injuries are you going to see it again. But um, in the first two games, super busy. Good carries. He moves well. He runs good lines. Um, defensively, he's pretty sound. So... If his body holds up, yeah, certainly this is the way forward. Tedesco, after a week off, hopefully revived and ready to go. Like, Marnie does such a good job at the back there, but when he's parked on that edge, I just hope they 
find more ways to get involved in the football game. That's all. But uh, yeah. both their edges, I'm sure they're going to run plenty of traffic at the halves. Phoenix Crossland in particular, Clifford, um, if they can isolate those two, their, their back row are exceptional. Satili Tupanua, line-wise and getting past halves, tackle-breaking ability, I think he's probably had more clean line breaks than any back row I think I've seen this year. Yeah, Just, he's, he's both tidy with his line running, but also very aggressive and physical. Yeah. You just don't want to be tackling him one-on-one. No, and he, he's not one of these guys that's looking just to win his tackle and get a play of the ball. He will go over the top of someone. He goes through on the back of, like you said, that good line running, but um, the way he carries the football. So big point of focus, I guess, for them there. Get quality ball to both those guys, particularly, like you said, getting at those halves. And left-hand side last week, Melbourne had a field day, uh, kind of picking on the edge of Hunt and Man. Olam got through a few times. Munster, they ran a lot of traffic down that edge, so... Bit of a blueprint. Wouldn't be surprised to see Tedesco sweeping around there a lot, linking up with Hutchison, trying to get uh, numbers, try to get Manu even around that side of the field. Just, you know, be a little bit more creative with your attack. Don't just play edges, get Walker and try and find a point that you can really hammer home at. But I guess for them, that forward pack for Newcastle is really the key because while you're missing your steering wheel, uh, I think they showed last week the Cowboys early that if you can get that Walker... We'll get at Verrills and put a bit of a dent in the Roosters at the moment. They're obviously not as strong as they were. Um, you can sort of open things up a little bit, but it, it's a bit two-way again. One of these games where you're going to be attacking each other's halves, but uh, I like the Roosters. I think having these guys back now, a bit more stability, and just it's, it's hard to w- watch Newcastle for 80 without Mitchell Pearce. He's the steering wheel as far yeah, as... They yeah. need him. Is Callum Ponger going to play this week? He's named, yes. Yeah, that'll help him. But I like the Roosters to win by 19 or more. I think you can get a market on winning by 19 or more. Mm. But can't see Newcastle. I think they're in a big hole. Adam O'Brien made some excuses for him last week. They're going to really need to come out and, and help him out this week and put in a good performance. But I think the Roosters, this is as strong as they've looked for a little while. And like you said, they've, they've got some guys back in key positions. So I, I really like the Roosters. I, yeah, I, I can't see an avenue for Newcastle winning, aside from the Roosters just being really off. But, I, yeah, I think the Roosters are about to uptick a little. Yeah. I'm um, starting to get a little bit of stability in some positions, like you said. So yeah. Nine. Walker, every game that Walker plays, is he's getting better. Like, you look at Billy Smith and Verrills, like you said, that, they're getting to now, you know, three and four games back. Yeah, Radley, a couple of games back, yeah. brings that extra link for the halves and the hooker. Crichton back on his edge with Satili. Um, yeah, Manu back into his preferred position. Yeah, they, they seem to be plugging up. And this is more I, I, what I expect to see next season, plus Collins and a couple of the other guys they're missing. This is more probably a look to what we're going to see from the Roosters. And obviously, Kiri back in with Walker. So, um, I'm with you. Bit of an uptrend towards the finals. Newcastle, like you said, their best chance. Forward pack really laying a good line. Braley was so busy last week in, in a heavy defeat, and there's going to be a lot on him. Ponga, similar deal, trying to get at Walker, as everyone has. I'm sure they will at times, but their back five as well needs to be better. Defensively, they've been poor. Errors out of the backfield. They've really put pressure on that forward pack. And if Safidi... I think the Roosters could be the side that could challenge Penrith and Melbourne late in the year if they can keep this side together... Mm. And keep building. They could beat South. They could beat Parramatta. 
could go past those two sides. I think maybe one of those on their day. I still can't see him beating a full strength Penrith or Melbourne. No, um, no, but I think they might they might go past those other two. To, to, to jag a win, say week two or three against one of those other teams, if they were there, possibly. But I still look at them, um, you know, as a five or six. I think Manly, Storm, Penrith, best sides. Uh, We'll do a number, but yeah, uh, if they can stay healthy and get a bit of form together with what they've got there now, they could probably rely on this bench a little bit more. Butch is solid. Tokyo, if you can roll him off the bench and he gets a bit healthier, uh, yeah, it's not a bad option, but we'll have to see. But I'm on the Roosters. Yeah, me too, mate. Yeah, definitely. And the odds with Blue Bet, similar again. Uh, not as short as you'd probably think, but... I guess a lot of it hinges on Safidi playing. Um, if Daniel Safidi's out again, that'd be a big blow. But with Blue Bet, $1.30 for the Roosters. The Knights, $3.50. Minus 10.5 is the line there for that one. Cowboys Storm. A uh, couple of changes again on the Cowboys side. Jarvid Bowen, obviously horrendous knee injury last week. He's uh, out for the season with an ACL. So Murray Tuolagi has pushed in to the centres. And Kane Bradley, who who's a great back rower and the juniors who turn into a winger, big body, is getting his debut on the wing for the Cowboys, so expect plenty of good yardage carries from him. Other than that, uh, I think the only difference here for them is Helium Lukey, the young back rower, is back from suspension and he's on the bench. And for the Storm, reshuffle, like we said, resting a couple of the Origin players, Fox and Welch, are back in and Nelson is returning from suspension. Dale Finucane, though, is being arrested, and rightfully so, after Origin, and obviously a head knock. And on top of that as well, Munster uh, is out, and for at least Kafusi. So for now, and I don't know if this will be the case, so I think we might see a late change. Hines is still the fullback, which we both said last week, on Monday. Paps on the bench in 17, and Cooper Johns is named at six, but I wouldn't put it past them pushing Hines into six and having Pappenhausen go straight back to one. Yeah. I don't know whether they go that way. If they don't, that's fine because, you know, long-term, it's Munster-Hughes. Maybe they want to ease Pappenhausen back into that 14 role given the way that Hines has been playing. It also gives some game time again to Cooper, who's played a few games. Uh, George Jennings being out gives Dean Meyer, who's, you know, he's a bit slight, but he definitely carries hard. He gets an opportunity on that right wing outside. Remus um, and Chris Lewis, who's been very solid in his time for Melbourne, gets a start in the back row. So, uh, yeah, Aaron Booth, tough bugger off the bench last week, pop your shoulder, put it back in, gets another run there, deputising for the Cheese, who obviously goes hard for that 25, 30 minutes. He'll probably play 60 again, but I see no reason why Melbourne just don't roll on. Yeah, I agree. They're going too well. And they'll have an eye on the week after. Oh, huge. And that's probably why. They don't want to continue this little roll on, I think. And I think similar to what you said, probably um, Ida next week, give those other guys that week off because they've had a long period uh, through the origin camp there. Uh, I, I was actually maybe surprised if Hughes does have the calf problem even for this game, if they rested him and come up with another way. Halves-wise, like early in the year, they played Chris Lewis and Cooper Johns against Canberra while they're missing troops and still won. Uh, I'm not yeah. trying to be disrespectful to the Cowboys, but if there's any doubt over... Someone like him, surely you wouldn't risk it this week with the position you're in. Yeah, he put Johns in. So, look, uh, we'll see what happens, but still great. Even those players out, you get Welch back in. You get Nelson back on the bench. Pappenhausen, however they use him, it's going to be interesting to see how he is off that long layoff. Um, yeah. And no doubt, everyone's sort of done the same thing. 
target of their halves, that Deard and Edge in particular, the left-hand side, there may not be Munster there, but you can guarantee Hines will be linking around to that side of the field. Kenny Bromwich has got the ability catch pass. Olam will be going hard on that side of the field at him and Lamilu, so plenty of traffic, I'd expect. Yeah. But storm for me, storm for you. And with bluebet.com, Cowboys are $10, $1.05 for the storm, 26 and a half is the line. So hefty stuff there. Souths versus the Warriors on the sunny coast at 3pm. Hopefully uh, see some good footy in good weather. But for Souths, Johnston is out. And uh, they've got Paulo and Mansour back on the wings. Tarn Milne been dropped to the bench and Braden Burns is out of the 17. Latrell also returns at fullback and Jai Arrow returns from his suspension for the breach in Origin Camp. He is on the bench. Liam Knight is out after another head knock. And Jacob Host, he's in the squad for now, but he'll be monitored also for a head knock. So similar sort of setup here, I guess, for South. Latrell being back in. All their Origin guys are named, uh, I guess, the only thing here is both your wingers being out who have been scoring bundles of tries the last few weeks. Johnston in particular on the left. His timing and his little bit of speed there to execute. Uh, Mansour probably doesn't have anywhere near that sort of speed, but he'll add a bit to yardage. Paulo was in the part of that finals run. He's not played a lot of football this year, so interesting to see if those guys can make an immediate impact. They'll definitely help out in yardage as well as Latrell. On the Warriors side of things, cruel blow like we spoke about last week. Rocco Berry missing. Roger Tuovasashek's going to miss with a head knock. Harris is out with an ACL for the rest of the year and Egan as well. So some uh, some heavy change here. Pompey comes back into the centres. They've got Nikarima starting in the halves with Chad and O'Sullivan is out of the squad. He's in the reserves. Jazz Tavunga will start at nine and the young Tanyala Otakola gets another run uh, off the bench there. Jack Murchie moves into starting back row with Bailey Sirinan and back to the bench goes... Alessia Katoa, along with Bunty Afoa and Leeson Armour. So, again, new edges, change in the halves combination. Um, you've got Murchie, who hasn't played a lot of football and the other week at a critical time, that Sharks game, come up with a couple of errors. He's starting. Sirian, who hasn't played as much this year. It's hard to trust South, and they've definitely not been ruthless, but it, it's time to start putting together better performances with the players they've got back. You'd expect... Plenty of traffic, uh, you know, to be going at those edges now with those changes and Nicarima, Murchie, etc. Constant change all year. Putting up big stinkers for Reese Walsh, trying to bash him up at the back end of the field there. Stop him having a big involvement. And obviously, a huge key is stopping the two front rowers in Fenua Blake and Lodge, who last week combined for a ridiculous amount of offloads and tackle breaks. But that's the recipe for the Warriors in this game. Keep it simple, complete high. Roll through those guys, get second phase, and try and get Walsh a bit of space. But um, I'll be going with South. Me too, my friend. I can't see the Warriors firing a shot here. I've got no doubt they'll play tough. They'll have a plan. But you should think that South have definitely got too much talent. Uh, whether they could be as cutthroat and ruthless as, as we would like them to be, I guess that's the challenge for them moving forward from sort of now into the finals. They need to find that killer instinct for 80 minutes. But, uh, yeah, I'm just not sure how the Warriors get it done. It has to be on the back of a really poor South performance, a lot of errors, ill-discipline, potentially some injuries, sin bins. And the Warriors have to be outstanding in their key positions. 
Yeah, and I think that's the biggest yeah, thing. Tough one, tough one, mate. That's, yeah, I think just the Amorius injuries have just crippled them. Yeah, you're not going to get a lot of nine. Tavunga's going to plug away and do his work. Otakolo is going to get limited minutes, even though he's a bit of a spark coming through the grades. But, yeah, Nick Arima, to me, his head looks like it's already out of the joint. Um, there's talk that he'd be coming back to Queensland next year with a Queensland club. Chad's there plugging a hole and steers things, but he's not the most creative. So all, all the pressure's on Walsh. Um, I'm sure they can lay a platform with, with the middles they've got. But again, uh, it's a lot to ask of an 18-year-old kid. So. Absolutely, it is, yeah. It, it, exactly right. The odds for this one with Blue Bet, South Sydney $1.15 favourite, five fifty for the Warriors, 17 and a half is the line. So um, I might even, depending on what you think of South, again, they've showed that they struggle to put together 80. If you could get 24 and a half, maybe, um, at $1.50 or something like that, I might consider it. But otherwise, it's probably not a game I'd bet on. I, I still find it hard to trust South with lines and margins defensively that are so loose. Uh, yeah, agree. Manly Tigers Saturday, and uh, I've got a bad feeling, Tigers fans, and I apologise for this, but Tom Travojevic is back at fullback. Harper Parker in the centres. Garrett goes back to the wing with Saab. DC back with Foran. Paseka tap out Croker. They're two edges that I, you know, wax lyrical about on the Monday episode. Olek R2, Schuster. Jake's back at lock. Aloye's back on the bench along with Sipley. Kepi and Dylan Walker is their 14. So they've pushed out Cust, Suli, Deloise, Kazuski. Like, Suli was awesome last week. Cust is a great backup option to have. Um, this is probably Manly at their strongest in a long time. Yeah, agree. Uh, I have similar fears. The, Bron- the Tigers really struggle to put the Broncos away. We know what the Broncos are like defensively. I know they've improved. I know it was the Suncorp. I know it was the Sunday Arvo. I know the Broncos had a lot to play for as well, but the West Tigers sort of only, only got over him in that last 20 minutes. And Manly are just a different beast. They're going to test you on both edges, through the middle. Tom playing, you know, both sides of the field through the middle of the ruck. So they're going to have to be really, really sharp, the West Tigers. And they, they got an absolute lesson from Manly uh, earlier in the year at Bankwest Stadium. They got... Their asses handed to them. That might have been an Anzac Day game. It was. Um, yeah, they, they, they got flogged, I think, by 40-odd, 30 or 40-odd. So, yeah, look, the, the Tigers are just going to have to be better defensively. The, the, the Tigers have certainly got points in them. Uh, and they've got some threats there offensively, but defensively is where your concerns are going to be. Whether they can prevent... You know, what's the number? I mean... The numbers probably between eighteen and twenty-four. If they could keep keep Manly to twenty-four, you'd yeah. sort of back yourself to be able to score four or five tries if, if you got even share of possession. But I think a lot of a lot of teams struggle to put fatigue in Manly. They just Manly is so streaky that when they get they just overwhelm. They just go bang, 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 don't they? Yeah, and then, then you have to play a different style because you're chasing the scoreboard. You put more pressure on yourself. Correct. I think the only real blueprint I've seen so far with... It wasn't their full-strength team, but the other week, I think the Raiders showed it. If you're going to play them, you have to tire out the middle, go set for set, get in the cycle, and that was obviously without Tom and DCE, so they were lacking a bit of attacking spark. There was no Schuster either, but you look at them now, like I said the other day, like if, if you nullify their middle, they can go early to an edge to one of those big guys who just draws in numbers, can offload, can pass, can... Tackle break, and then you've got to worry about Tom playing both sides of the field. Four and finding his form. Like 
if, if, you, if you take away one thing right now, they've got weapons all over the field. They've got different ways to attack you. So I think it's it's going to be really, really difficult for the Tigers. And defensively already, we know they're not exactly uh, you know the best side in that regard, in particular repeat sets or under pressure. And I, I just really, really look at it right now and thinking about Ola Kawatu getting at their left-hand side or Schuster on the other side and what he can create and Tom back now on the back of it. Um, yeah, unless they really, really work over their middle, build some pressure, which I, I just can't just can't see it. I think it's going to be a long day. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah, I'm with you, my friend. I, I find it hard to see going any other way. Mm, so, sorry for the Tigers fans. And, and what did you think of uh, the Tiger Town? I loved it. I've I loved seen. It. I, I thought the middle bit, similar to you, like when they were sort of following the fans and stuff. Like I'm not overly interested in that side. I was more interested in the yeah behind the, the scenes. coaching side of it. But I understand that they're going to give different perspective, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, but uh, as a whole, loved it. Um, you know, we we know Madge. We sort of we've seen Madge work, and it, like it didn't. Not a lot there surprised me. I, I got I got a little bit surprised how emotional he got after the Parramatta game. Yeah, so did I. But that that just shows you how he cares. Fucking how much he cares. Like he is. Like we we sort of laugh and we imitate him a little bit. But you know, Gully Fools. Yeah, he, he loves like big. He loves the boppers that we've had with him. Um, where he's just so invested, so passionate, so enthusiastic. Like, you'll never meet a person that loves footy and loves coaching and loves just that day-to-day of rugby league. Yeah. Uh, we, um, we, had a, we had a meeting with him the day after they, they lost that game to the Sharks. Oh, I can't wow. remember whether you remember, but he, yeah. he came in and... Sorry, boys, I'm, I'm just a little bit down. Like, he wouldn't fucking know he was down. Mate, he looked like he was about to fucking... He was about... Looked like he was about to do the Hulk Hogan, rip his fucking shirt off and start doing the ear swings to the crowd to pump him up. He was jacked. Yeah, I, every interaction I had with him, he was always positive. He was always just super upbeat. He, he cared. He listened to what you had to say. He valued everyone in the organisation. I think he's the perfect person for... The West Tigers. It's just whether that club eats him away and grinds him down because there are still a lot of you know factions and politics within the joint that hopefully he can override and bring them together and get them going forward. They they just don't have they, they don't have a top eight roster. Let's let's just be flat honest. They, no. they don't. I think he he is getting the best out of them in small samples, but they they. They can't really produce 80 minutes, but I'm not entirely sure they've got a roster capable of producing high-level NRL football for 80 minutes. 
no. to be honest. And I think the only comment I saw a lot in social media, which surprised me, is a lot of people saying he just looks like a uh, a coaching box cheerleader or there's not much tactical or technical. I don't think they, they probably haven't given as much of that as what you'd expect. But make no mistake about it, he is a smart coach. He's not just yeah, all F-bombs. I think the coaches, I think he got final cut. Yeah. So on he, what, what was allowed, so... Yeah, I, look, I, I thought there were some things. When you, when you heard Luke Brooks talk, I don't know whether it was, I think it was half-time in the... Canberra game, first game. The half-time in the Canberra game where they were talking about playing bullet shape and a couple of little things that they were doing tactically. Like, that's not Luke Brooks implementing that. That's yeah. Michael McGuire implementing that. I thought the other side of it, which I found really, really interesting from a coaching perspective, was that Madge McGuire was doing... He was doing a lot of the offensive stuff pre-Parramatta. He was going around, hey, this is what we want to do in this part of the field. This is the sort of shape we want to look at, which is traditionally the offensive assistant coach's job. Wasn't that Hodgson that he moved on? No, I think... Well, they've got three three assistant coaches there at the moment. Hodgson left at the start of the year, didn't he? um, I think Millard. No, Hodgson moved last year. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I think Millard, he. I think he's their offensive coach. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just found it found it interesting. Yeah, I think. But, yeah, from that side though, we can definitely let listeners know there's a lot more to him than what you saw. Uh, but that was the yeah, one thing I took away. Competition. You want to comp? You don't mean you, you don't coach at the NRL level and win a competition and be. As dominant as what South were for that four period, four year period, without being a good coach. No, nah, but I just saw a lot about that. I'm like, well, they're not going to give you, you know, a weekly breakdown yeah, film. Yeah, there's a lot of fucking negativity on social media at the moment. There's a lot. There's a lot of layers to be able to give as much detail in that sense. Like, I, I guess, like you said, they've got an hour. They've got a lot of footage. They've got to give snippets, and they more caught yeah. pre-game, post-game, some small chats. Like they didn't have, you know, high technical video review or game planning, etc., or talking about yeah, their shapes. Also, and, to, to, give, to give that away would yeah. be giving an insight into other teams. And for a lot of people we know, you barely change your terminology, or if at best you change your terminology, but a lot of shapes and things and principles stay similar. So Yeah, of course they do. They're not going to give you as much of an insight to that, unfortunately. But look, I, I loved it. I thought it was excellent. I can't wait for the next episode. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. But finishing that one off, uh, yeah, we're both... On Manly, and yeah, unfortunately, I just think it's going to be very, very hard for them to come up with a stop here. Uh, big challenge for both edges. Big, big challenge, particularly uh, on the weekend. I think it was was it Piaga was on the left hand side on his debut. Uh, there was a few moments there. He had some good moments. He had um, some okay moments, but it's going to be a completely different challenge this week. When Tom sweeps around and Olakowatu's the man that's going to be standing in front of him, I think Garner's going to have to help out a lot. I think it's his edge that matches up on that huge body. On the flip side, you've got Leilua, who's probably not you know the most active defender. Well, sorry, I think Leilua is the edge of the field that Olakowatu's going to be on. So um, they're going to have to be on their game because if he gets two or three and or breaks tackles, he'll have Tom just hanging off his outside hip. And the flip side, you've got Schuster on the other side of the field. So. Um, yeah, I, th- I think edges are definitely going to be under the pump, and it all starts in the middle. If they can't stop Tapia, Paseca, Croker's getting better at manipulating, and Tom coming through there as well. Um, all three areas of the field, I think they're going to be in big danger. Yeah, 
But the odds on that one, we've got here with bluebet.com and Manly are a dollar twelve. The Tigers six twenty five, eighteen and a half is the line there. Panthers Broncos finishes off the Saturday night, and for Penrith, it's good to see. Luai back in, but they've stuck with May and the halves, not Burton. So Burton goes back to the centres with Crichton. Toto stains at Edwards in the back five. Lauter still up front. Fisher-Harris is named, despite going off last week. They reckon he's been cleared of anything major. Um, and in terms of their bench, don't think there's a lot of change there. They've got a couple of guys back into the reserves, and Naden obviously drops out of the starting setup. On the Broncos side of things, I think there's a couple of changes there. Flegler and Jordan Ricky have been named in the starting side now with Reese Kennedy and TC Rabati back to the bench. And Xavier Coates was rested following Origin 3, but has not been named in the starting side. He's in the reserve, so have to wait and see if he gets a run there. And Corey Pakes is on the bench. Jesse Arthurs drops back to the reserves list. Uh, Brisbane have played Penrith well the last couple of times in both seasons, even under pressure. Uh, Penrith haven't been at their best defensively in particular during this period, but, you know, missing their halves, trying to work their way through. A lot of guys backing up. They had a huge origin contingent last week. All those guys played as well. I think having Jerome back will definitely help. We, we saw May last week have a few more quality touches, and we talked about getting that continuity when you obviously haven't played a lot of first grade and you're not getting those reps. So um, I think it'll be a better week this week for them. I think for the Broncos... Coming off that good win, having a week off, and then breaking the way they did last week. They're not the most resilient side. I have a little bit of fear for them. Um, But we can only wait and see, I guess, how they turn up. But if Penrith are ruthless through the middle like I expect them to be, uh, again, I think this could be a hard night. Brody Croft on that right-hand side, he was coming up and out of the line and exposing his inside-outsides. They were a bit disconnected, that edge. That's a spot where Penrith certainly will get a lot of traffic. I'm not sure... If Crichton will push back to the right, they had Burton on the left, or if it would be Burton on the right now and Crichton, that side. But Martin, when he comes on over there, running off shape. Uh, Kate Wells got really good feet, so if someone like Croft rushes him, he'll be able to skip inside, outside. I, I think, yeah, this this is probably going to be a bridge too far. And the way the Broncos' middle opens up, if Penrith win there, can see Coruscant having a bit of a field day up the ruck. Yeah, I agree, mate. I really want to see Penrith try and pull through the middle of Brisbane. I feel like what you said previously was right. Brisbane have played Penrith really well. I think Penrith have tried to play Brisbane a lot on the edges in their last couple of games. I really want to see Penrith play nice and tight, use the deception and, and get Abby Corris down into the game, punch him in the mouth in the middle of the field, and that'll open up that space on the edges. I think... Penrith have tried to play a little bit of two-pass, get at the half and then play on the back of it. Uh, yeah, I'd love to see him just really fucking challenge him through the middle of the field and be physically dominant. Uh, and then, yeah, like, without Cleary, you're not really going to get that. You're not going to be brilliant tactically, but Jerome brings a really, really good running game. Happy strength is his running game. Dylan Edwards' strength is his running game. Like, just let's generate some momentum and just play through. Uh, and use a lot of short passing. I think they'll get a lot of love then against Brisbane because we've seen, particularly when Brisbane have to defend back-to-back sets or numerous, you know, amounts of possession in a row. They just they leak like a sieve 
Yeah, and to your point there on the Brisbane middle, which Penrith haven't done the last few times where you talk they want to get to the edges too quick. I think Brisbane Brisbane are not one of these teams that adjust like the Roosters do, where if they've lost a ruck, they'll tighten in, they'll get up hard first three defenders and try and stop you from getting outside yeah. and win a ruck. If you kick the door in on Brisbane once, you're better off going there again because you will either pull them apart, go straight through, or you'll drag in more defenders and then you play to the edge. Once you get through the middle of Brisbane, you've got to go again. They're not a side. Oh, again, their edges generally aren't as active at trying to tighten up and compensate for that. So, yeah, once you kick in the door in the middle, you've got to get straight back on the back of it and go again. 100%. Uh, a lot of pressure on poor Payne Haas. And the other one I'm interested, Jordan Riki is another one that I look at, like Copes, that started off with such a bang, but in that poor run, just seems like he lost his confidence. Um, I know it's a lot for a kid when you come into a side and... They're not defending well and you're exposed on an edge because your middle's getting beaten up a lot of the time. But uh, I'm a little bit worried about him, to be honest. Yeah, that's just that. Yeah, tough situation. Young player, losing pressure. It's, yeah, it does sort of eat away at you over a, um, a long period of time. And it's mm. been a consistent period of poor form and yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's tough. It's, he it's got tough. dropped it's after tough. being... That's the coaching and culture and... Yeah, but he got... Leadership it? Yeah, he got dropped after being re-signed. There's big raps on him. And I've, again, seen a lot of negativity around him. I'm like, you don't lose your talent. But much like Coates, we saw Coates come on this raw-boned yardage carry, big body, get into the air and that. And then you've watched him slowly just sort of, you know, become more error-prone and less aggressive and, and just... It's just some real simple things. A lot of it's just down to that age and that confidence and that build-up of negativity and poor results. And um, I think a reset at Melbourne will be absolutely perfect for him. But someone like a Jordan Ricky, I just look at and go, he's got all the ability in the world, but he just looks really down at the moment. So I'm, I'm hoping he can find that aggression that he came in with um, because he's a really good player, but he looks a bit of a broken man at the moment. Both on the pennies, a dollar thirteen with bluebet.com, six dollars are the Broncos, eighteen and a half start there, and we finish off Sunday uh, a double header, I think it is at Seabus. The Titans up against the Dragons first, and then you've got the Dogs up against the Sharks. This Dragons Titans game is obviously huge. The Dragons are in that situation again the next few weeks where they're having players in and out where they need to win to stabilise their spot. They've had some teams behind them lose, but if, if they don't win against teams that are directly under them, these are four-point games, they're in, they're on big pressure. And the Gold Coast Titans, plain and simple, have been up and down like a fiddler's elbow. Um, they let you down constantly, and this is one of those weeks where they've just got to get it right. This is a huge opportunity. So for the Dragons... Willie Arme's out, Norman, Jackson Ford, Poasa Farmasuli, but some big changes. Dufty's back at one. Jordan Pereira's on a wing. Matt Fagai comes in on the other one, so a complete shuffle in the back line. Jared Beal pushes into the centres with Cody Ramsey, which I find interesting. Jaden Sullivan, who I've wanted to see, gets a run on the halves with Benny Hunt. Uh, Kerr pushes into the front row. Jack Bird now pushes into the, his back row spot with Sims and Maguire. And DeBellin goes back to the bench with Tanoa Brown, Foyamano, and Adam Clune. And for the Titans, uh, Greg Marzu is back in on the wing with Semi out of the side. You've obviously got Toby Sexton, who's signed a three-year extension, getting a chance to run the team with Taylor with Fogarty out. 
and Mitch Rain replaces Aaron Clark. Um, and that gun forward pack, Mo Fotoeka, finally comes in to start with Wallace. Proctor in the back row with Fafita. Tino and the bench, Peachy, Lasone, Jolif, and for more. It, it's got to happen this week. And the big spot I'm looking at here is young Sullivan has been injured. He hasn't played a whole lot of football. He's an excellent attacking player. But again, we talk about continuity, confidence, having games under your belt. Uh, they've got to get traffic at him and also having Beal and Rams in the centres. Beal's come basically out of cup and retirement into first grade within a few weeks. And then you've got Ramsey, who's been a fullback, who defending at that two spot is going to have to make some really important decisions. So I don't know who's on that side of the field, but I dare say that if you've got Ramsey and Sullivan together, that has to be a target for the Gold Coast Titans. And um, you've got Kelly there, who's a mismatch on either one of those guys when the Titans get early ball to him. You've got Fafida, who is up against Benny Hunt, which probably is a good thing because Ben Hunt out of the two halves is the better defender, but I dare say, like last week, if I'm the Gold Coast, I'm trying to switch that back row. I'm trying to get him involved in the game. I'm trying to get Tino and other guys and sort of channel a lot of traffic at Young Sullivan and that centre combination he's going to have. Yeah, agree. The biggest, the biggest uh, issue in this game is going to be can the Titans defend for long periods of time when the Dragons get clustered possession because that's the key to the Titans winning games. Simple as that. Their, their attack will be good enough, particularly if they can get even share of possession and complete high. But can they stop the Dragons? That, that's the key. This, this game could be 30-28, 36-34. Hopefully not, but you know, just looking at it, I'd probably back. I think the Dragons were really gritty and tough last week against Manly. I know Manly had a few a few players out, but the Dragons defensively probably give me more confidence right at this point in time than what the Titans defence does. But it's it's an absolute flip coin. Yeah. Flip of the coin. Sorry, flip coin. That's good. That's oh, yeah. another version of Bitcoin. Um, flip Get on it. the coin, I think, for this. Yeah, uh, I'm similar to you. I, I kind of look at the Dragons and think they've got more resilience. They're a tougher side, but um, I look at that side, just the backline reshuffle, um, a complete flip there. Dufty obviously brings another dynamic. Like Sloan's a really good runner, support player, but ball-playing-wise the last few weeks, I think this time they're much more dynamic with Sullivan, Hunt, and Dufty. Can they lay the platform with Laurie, Kerr, Tanoa Brown, DeBellin, like, this pack for the Titans, let's be honest, it's, it's red hot, but in particular for Fida, Tina, Tino, they need to do better. Maui Aki is embarrassing both of them at this point in time. Yeah. Uh, and I'm interested to see young Sexton. Uh, I've heard a lot coming through. I haven't seen much of his Queensland Cup footage. I don't know. In all honesty, it's, what, it's one of the few juniors I haven't seen a whole lot of. Like, I know that Tanner Boyd coming through was more a genuine seven steering, kicking, not much of a, a dynamic player, but I don't know much about Sexton. I don't know if he's, you know, a ball runner, is he a kicker, is he an organiser, but Ash Taylor as well. Um, they've said he's got zero interest. No one wants a bar of him. Super League's his only option at his point. Well, this is a good time to put your hand up and have a fucking barnstormer. Absolutely. If you want an offer and you don't Absolutely. have to move overseas, it's time to play. Yeah, they've done, they've done nothing. He's done nothing to justify that money and he's done nothing to justify getting an offer elsewhere it's watching watching him play and watching how casual he is and how little care he has just pisses me off as a Titans fan mm. that 
it's borderline enraging because we, we just we need someone in the nine six seven to step up and really take control of the team, and they just refuse to do it. Yeah, well, I'm gonna go against all my good judgment here. I'm gonna tip the Titans. <laughs> I think probably feel like a dickhead at half time and they're down <laughs> and aren't defending well and you just think why do I keep why do I keep tipping them but I, I haven't tipped them in a while but yeah I think they lose here they're gone I'd put a pen through yeah well I, I put it all in the middle and like you said hold the ball already, like, I, don't, I don't have a lot of confidence that they're going to they're gonna get to the 8 anyway so nah well I, I feel confident in this dragon side if that back 5 probably wasn't what it was and you've got a young half in off a decent layoff without football. Um, Pereira, Beal, Ramsey, Fagai, and in particular the centre pairing, if they can get through the middle. Kelly, I don't know, like I said, who he's going to be matched up on, but he's certainly a handful if they can get him good football. And for Fida last week, like I said, was just absolutely absent. So he better find the football in this game. He needs to, mm. 100%. Uh, and your odds with Blue Bet, they're the favourite, $1.60. I thought this would be more a pick'em game, but the Dragons, two thirty-five with Blue Bet, minus four and a half is the line. And the last game of the round, you've got the Bulldogs, who had plenty of fight last week up against the Sharks team, who after being five or six their last seven and putting together a nice sort of run, have just fallen off the face of the planet. They fell over to the Broncos. They were absolutely disgusting against the Raiders and the crazier part is they're still sitting in eighth after those two games so for them this one doesn't take a whole lot of summary for me it's like do you want to play finals or you don't yeah exactly right there's no excuse exactly right and the Bulldogs god they've been used more than nuisance value the last six weeks I would think they've had the one smash up where they got hammered by Manly and but outside of that, they've been in, you know, the majority of the games that they've played. Like last week, they were they were in it against South. I don't know, South were a little bit off the boil. Uh, the week before, they, they could have easily um, not beaten the Roosters, but they're only, I think they're only six points off the Roosters. Yeah, they're right there. So, you know, I, think, I think the week before that, they led Parramatta at half-time. I think they ended up getting beat by, you know, a decent margin, but they... They led power at uh, half-time. The week before that, they won. And then I, I think we're, we're now then heading back into, you know, that territory where they played Penrith. And I thought they played Penrith quite well for a long period of time there as well. So I don't, I don't think they've been that bad over the last, you know, six to seven rounds, the Doggies, with the exception of that Manly game. Yep. And uh, as far as lineups concerned, stuck with the halves. They've got Flanagan back in the reserves, though. So keep an eye on that. Um, maybe he might punt Lewis late after what happened last week. I'm not sure. The back five stays as is. Allen and Ockenbore on the wing. Shup and Hopawati in the centres. Meany, poor game last week, but he was solved a few weeks prior. Arva pushes into the front row to start with Hetherington. They've moved Thompson back to lock. Waddell gets a start on the edge with Jackson, with Dory out of the side. And Jeremy Marshall King, a big in. He comes in to start at nine. They've kept Biondo. Bailey Biondiodo on, on for his impact, which was huge last week. Um, and he was very good last week. Napa, Ogden, and Stimson gets a call up on the bench for the Sharks. Same back five and a halves pairing of Trindle 
and Johnson. Johnson, Trindle defensively need to be better, along with Ramian in particular. Rudolph moves in the start in the front row with Woods with Tolman suspended. Braley at nine. Talakai and Wilton are the back row with Jack Williams promoted to starting lock and the bench. Marwin Hiroti. Royce Hunt making his first appearance for this year, I think, after a bad knee injury. He was on fire last year, along with Hamlin Ueli, uh, for a period there. They're off the bench, along with Nakora. So uh, I think they're going to have their hands full in the forward pack. Like, if Woods and Rudolph don't do a job, and that, that's been a part I've been real critical, is the middle. Um, with Hetherington, Thompson, the way they were playing, how aggressive they are, they're certainly going to give plenty plenty of uh, food for thought in terms of their middle players. Uh, we know... Halves-wise, and again, defensively, Lewis is a solid defender. Their edges work hard. So Talakai, Wilton, I don't know if they'll be able to threaten a whole heap there, but the key, I guess, for Cronulla is everything good that seems to happen comes off those long side shifts with Will Kennedy being able to try to create numbers or him and Tracy linking up, who's also got that halves ability to catch pass. But they'll get nothing for free out of the Bulldogs, that's for sure. And if they defend the way they did, if they have that same poor attitude, if their contact, their intent... All the free things that you talk about all the time, working for marker, inside pressure, line speed. Honestly, they'll get beaten. But um, I'm of the opinion that, again, after two poor losses, in particular the Broncos one, which, again, no game's guaranteed in the NRL, but if you're losing to the Broncos and the Bulldogs, you're not playing finals football. So if you hand out this week, that's your point. You have to win those games. 100%. 100%. Um, boy, there's not there's not much else to say. Like, it's clear that the Bulldogs uh, they're going to challenge them. Like you said, through the middle of the field in particular, Marshall King there he'll have a little bit of deception. The, the Bulldogs aren't going to do anything fancy. Uh, they're going to try and cycle and grind away and just hope that Cronulla aren't up to it or force them into errors. Cronulla have to be really really good in yardage. Just get out of their own end and force the Bulldogs into error. Correct me. When they get their opportunities, they need to be ruthless and put points on them and put them away, not let them hang around to be in the game. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't they lose? They lost to them early in the year as well. Yeah, it was the, day, the night before Anzac Day. I think they lost 18-12 or 12-6. So we, we talk about games again where you reflect I on... It was, their first, it was the Bulldogs' first win of the year, I think. Yeah, but it's another one of these ones where you say, okay, we missed the eight by a game or for and against. When you reflect on the end of the year, if you've lost to the Bulldogs to the Broncos and then you lose to the Bulldogs again you don't deserve to play finals plain and simple absolutely because when you look back and go oh they finished last and second last they're not gimmies but they're the games where you should be absolutely ruthless as you possibly can because they're your best opportunities to do two things number one they're your easiest chance to win a game of football number two with for and against being important in that log jam it's your one chance to really do a favour on your for and against if you've got the right mentality yeah but um, I'm going the Sharks third time's the charm not to lose to one of these bottom two sides but it really wouldn't surprise me if the Bulldogs came with the right attitude turned up and upset them yeah 100% so interesting one um, and a lot on the line because with a couple of these results say for Canberra's sake if Cronulla lose it's great for Canberra because if they do end up losing and they get Jack and Whitehead back the week after uh, you know they're still sort of in touch uh, for the Dragons, you know, that result as well. If the Titans win, that drags them back in and holds them in place. That log jam could be even worse the week after. Um, so it might spare, say, a Tigers, who I don't think will make the eight, but if they have a loss this weekend, they're still only two away. 
Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of intangibles in, in terms of that middle quarter kind of group. But if the results go how I think they might go, bar the Sharks one, if that upset happens, it, it might stay exactly the same as it is right now. Yeah, you're right. Mm. But the odds, blue.com. Someone, someone has to do something. No, no one's sort of kicking away. The Dragon situation's obviously no. got them in pause. The Sharks losing those two games has taken them away from being on nine wins and clear of it, you know. The Titans haven't been able to kick on. Canberra, every time they've put one or two together, have gone straight back in a hole. Someone needs to take seventh and eighth. I did have I had ten bucks on um, on the West Tigers to make the eight. That were ten bucks earlier in the week after we spoke about it and we had a look at their draw because I think they we said they played Canterbury twice. Did we say that? Yeah, I I just I don't trust them. Well, but I don't think they'll get there. But I thought ten dollars, Jesus. They play manly. There's no, one, there's no one really convincing me. No, but like they're only what are they now? They're only two points out of the eight now. Yeah, well, they play Manly this week. And again, if the results go the right way, um, the only team that realistically is guaranteed or closest to a win is Cronulla. So that would mean that all of them are they two. Play, they play Warriors, Bulldogs. Cowboys, Sharks. Cowboys. Yeah, Sharks. Wow, they've got, they got to run there. Mm, so realistically, if they can get through Manly, yeah, even if... Which you wouldn't think. And then dogs again last round. So if they can flush the manly game, let's say they do have a bad week. If they can flush is that, five, is five wins. Do you think five wins is enough to get them in? Mm. To get them to twenty-four points. I wouldn't trust them to reel off five. I think the maximum they can win is four. Mm. Anyway, I got ten bucks on it at ten to one. Why not? A bit of interest. And speaking of odds, with Bluebet.com, that last game, the Dogs are $3.65 outsiders, $1.28 for the Cronulla Sharks, and the handicap is minus 12 and a half there. So um, any of those games you like in particular? Is there any bets or odds took your fancy? Well, what I did, a bet that I did have, I just had Storm, Panthers, Rabbits, Eels, Roosters, Manly, all to win in a multi. Fair enough. I think they're the first six. They're the first six games of the round, and that got me uh, two dollars ninety. Well, because the odds haven't been the greatest, and you know what? Eels, Eels to beat um, Eels to beat the Raiders, Roosters to beat Newcastle, Storm to beat the Cowboys, Rabbitohs to beat the Warriors, Manly to beat the Tigers, and Penrith to beat Brisbane. I don't think there's any real. The longest odds I got there was the Roosters at dollar thirty-five. Mm. Well, the odds, like you said, obviously aren't the greatest. So, so far, I've had two multis, but I've just had ten dollars on for a bit of interest. So, one was the Manly game. Yeah. Tommy's been scoring bags. They play heavy left-hand side. Garrick's been a benefactor. So it's a long shot, but it's only a tenner. So I've got Tommy for a double. Into Garrick for a double, and then I've backed Olek R2 for one on the other side. You get 33 bucks. Well, let's, let's, let's go through the games. Let's just throw out a bet a bet for each game. Mm. Let's do that. And one more I got while we're on it. I went a three forward multi. So I backed Papali E in the para game to run over Semi into Satili Tupanua to crash over 
on his edge, and then I've got Nelson to bust one off the bench, which is another thirty-one dollar multi with three forwards. So that's two ten dollar multis with huge value. But uh, Parramatta, Canberra, you know I'm a try scorer guy. I would be going any time try scorer. I'd be going Papali to run at Sam Williams. Well, there you go. I'm going the other edge. I'm going Ryan Madison three twenty. Zion Papali two seventy. So you go him. Get on those back rowers. I like both those back rowers. Trying to uh, find. Like you said, run it at those halves. Yeah. I'd uh, happily take that any day of the week. And you'll get. I don't like. I don't like tying those bets into results just because you could you could win the bet, the difficult leg of the bet, and then you know, say Parramatta get rolled, you don't get paid. I don't, I don't like that at all. Uh, I like the Roosters to win nineteen plus. Well, the Roosters again I just go try scorers I like both back rows again here Satili I think he might be going at Crossland Walker's on that side they play heavy right hand so him being over $3 he was $3.30 I think that's great value he's good value so I'm going Satili to just bulldoze over the top of someone he's now shortened into 290 Crichton on the other edge 275 going at that space between man um, he's marked up on Frizzell, I think, though, so I think they'll be a little more tight on that edge. And Clifford, I think's that edge. He's a bigger body. Um, but, yeah, for a bit more value, a couple of back rowers I like this week. Manu, I think, is pretty good value at $2.50. But, yeah. again, like I said, it's hard this year with odds and head-to-heads. You're not really getting a lot. 1-12 to 12 anymore almost doesn't exist either. So there's a couple of markets I used no, to like. You know, the 13-plus gets no value. The lines are huge. It's... It's essentially, for me this year, any time try scorers or line total doubles, we've had some good wins on. If you think a team's just going to get pounded and the 50 over in daylight football or good weather football, the line total doubles usually get you three fifty, four bucks in some games. So there's a bit of value there. Uh, Cowboys. Roosters, Roosters to win by... Roosters to win by 18 or more, $2.60. I'm taking that every day of the week. Yep. Well, Cowboy Storm, again, head-to-head with Blue Bet, short odds, um, line's yeah. huge. So I'm going back to the try-scorer bucket. I'm going Nelson in his return off the bench, 375. Big Nelson. Mm-hmm. There's a bit of value there. Cheese has yeah, been... I'm, I'm, with you. I'm with you here. I, I love, a, I love a, uh, a big dog try. Nelson, only 375 for Nelson. Mate, they're all short. He's 375. Yeah, they are. I'd probably, um, I'd probably multi a, a few of these up. Well, if you wanted a bit more value... Not really. Like, I think Nico's pretty, pretty good. Up. I'd probably go... Yeah, I, I'd go Old Arm and Nico Hines. I'd, I'd throw those two together to score a try. you get 350 for that. And then Nelson to go to Pound Town at the end. I'm, put, I'm putting all these on as well. Yeah, I hope Nelson crushes that for you. Uh, the South game. I'm putting all these bets on as well. I'm setting myself up for the weekend. Everyone knows I'm a try scorer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm again. I'm steering away from the head to head. I'm not backing markets. I'm not taking the line. Um, but value in terms of a, a try scorer here, um, they're very very short. Latrell's usually one of my favourites, and Cody Walker, but they're both under two dollars, which you know, sort of not my favourite thing. Edges for them, a bit different. Uh, Sua hasn't been in the greatest of try-scoring form. Kaloma Matungi's dangerous, but a lot of their good shape or their good ball shape 
they don't run it to his edge. They run that right side with Kalama Tungi, usually to set up their long side shift. So he's usually the man that gets you to play the ball um, for a shift. So the, the kind of the only name that stands out to me against the big forward pack that I think they can tire out, and he's crashed over the last couple of weeks, is Cameron Murray. Yeah, I, I, uh, I've already got a bet on for this game. Um, I've got over 55 and a half points at $2.80. Wow. Yeah, 55 and a half. I thought, well, how many do I think South will score? So I think they could score 40 quite easily, and I think the Warriors could could score two or three. So, oh, that was a value. Yeah, I'm not backing South at $1.15. Yeah. If not, yeah, go and have a look at it. A try scorer, but yeah, over fifty-five and a half, two dollars eighty is the bet that I have. That's in your uh, pick your own total points or whatever it is. Yeah, pick your own line. It's easy, easy to watch a game and cheer just for tries. Just like I'm no, gonna score. That's what keeps me involved this year. There's been so many games where you know it's going to be a blowout, and I'm just trying to find yeah a bit of value. Like I've had an absolute bag the last few weeks on Manly when Tom was playing back in hat tricks and doubles and. Roll in a forward, and I've, I made 150, 200 bucks a few weeks in a row. And I thought any time they play teams like the Tigers or Cowboy, anyone down there, I'm just picking two or three of them and rolling them together. Like I saw someone have a multi of Ruben double, think Saab double, Tom double, and Manly overs a few weeks ago in that Bulldogs game, and they made an absolute stack. I bet they did. Uh, I the same bet the next game over 55 and a half. Broncos, $2.50. Well, we forgot Manly, but we've already... Otherwise, you go to the try scorers, but no, again, over 55. Like, I think Penrith, again, could score 40 quite easily, and I just think Brisbane and similar to the Warriors, they've got they've got some points in them. Yeah, well, everyone already knows my Manly multi. It's out there, but Tom Double, Garrick Double, and Olakowatu for the Penrith game. Uh, I'll, I'll just keep sticking with my try scorer market. If you're going to give me something here, I think they can get them anywhere on the field, but I'd be looking at the right edge and trying to find a bit of value. So what do we got? I don't know which centre is on that side of the field, but if Crichton has been pushed back to the right and Burton to the left, I think Crichton's got a favourable match up there on that space with Croft. I can't see Capewell's name, though. It's not listed. Um, Martin off the bench. It depends how many minutes he gets, but he generally runs that right side, 320. Arpy, I think he's only scored once this year. He's $4. Um, they're very short again. Very short again in all their all their players. Kick out, $2. If he gets as much ball as he did last week, he's always a threat. But, yeah, uh, that, that one's a bit harder, just not knowing which centers. And Catewell doesn't have a price there. Otherwise, I'd probably be looking at something that he's got going on. Um... Last two. Yeah, well, I think again. I spoke about it. I like the centers and I like the back rows. Yeah, I like Tarek Sims to score a try four twenty. For feeder at two ten, I don't know who he's marking, but uh, Kelly's probably one I'm looking at at two dollars thirty. I think he's got a good matchup regardless of whether it's Ramsey or it's Beal. He's probably the one for me, Brian Kelly. Yeah, I like Kelly. That's probably my, again, keeping in the theme of the try scorers. And then the last game you've got here is obviously Cronulla up against the Bulldogs. And their back line hasn't been seen as much 
clean ball is what you'd probably like in terms of Muli Talo and those wingers. They're probably everyone's most popular bets. Kennedy jagged a few early in the year. Tracy, they're all fairly short. Ramian for a power game. Um, I don't know about that. I'm going to back the doggies just to win. You get four bucks. You're going to have 20 bucks on that. Yeah, I think the end. $1.25 for Cronulla is just too short. Uh, you can get you can get plus twelve and a half at dollar eighty eight. Like, well, again, I'd probably boost I'd that happily, out. I'd happily have that. I'd take eighteen or something and maybe try and find yeah, something yeah, else. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah. I'm going to stick with the try score theme because um, I've done it for every game. I'm going to go another bench forward. I'm going to go Hamlin Ueli. There you go. Five dollar yeah. big boy crash over. Alternative match points. I'll give you a little multi here. Jeez, I'm thinking there's going to be some points in this game. If you get over 45 and a half. And then where's our line markets? Handicap markets. And then take the doggies plus 12 and a half. Three bucks 50. Not bad. Over 45 and a half points. And yeah, plus 12 and a half doggies, 340. Uh, 350 boosted, yeah. Take that. Well, there you go. There's something for there all, the, all the games. I've got 1,000 bets on for this weekend. Fill your time in. Oh, yeah. And you can all message me and abuse me when all my try score bets go down in flames or people go off injured 10 minutes in. Yeah. It's all good. I'll cop that. But there you go. <laughs> Big thanks to bluebet.com.au. If you're going to bet with any bookie, make sure you do it with the true blue bookie, bluebet.com.au. Download the app today and get punting. Obviously, gamble responsibly or as responsibly as you can when you're locked down and pissed up on a Saturday. Uh, that's my plan. But uh, Penrith Center. Big thanks to Jake and the crew there. Like we said, congratulations on being the 2021 number one end phase solar installer. There is no one better. www penrasola.com.au get on board with them today and Charity Bet Brock um, again like I said we've been on a bit of a cold streak I've kind of messed us up a few weeks because between work and not being home I've completely forgotten most weeks about Friday and Saturday and only left us with Sunday we can't have a multi is that right? nah it's singles only so I'm looking at the manly game yeah what do you like? Or Olaquatu's three fifty. The score? Yeah. If not, Satili's still close to three dollars. Nah, go and throw it on the big dog. Go throw it on Olaquatu. You got a good game last week. So yeah, something like yeah, that. Who running at? Brooks. Olaquatu left hand side is Brooks and Lucci, I think. Yeah, let's get on that. So yeah, I think uh, pretty favourable that back row. Or that side of the field, yeah. I think there's going to be a good chance. But maybe him. Olakatu's close to 350. If not, I would have gone something like a Tommy double again. I don't know what the odds are right now, but I think uh, that's the one game. Yeah, probably. So obviously when it's a bonus, you're only getting your stake back. If we're over $3, we get 100 and something. Yeah, what game were you looking at to score two? Ah, uh, that was Tommy again in the Tigers game. Come on, big Tommy. He's had a week off. 
They'll do those weird fucking sure. hamstring stretches where they throw his leg down and rev him up like he's a lawnmower ready to go. <laughs> I think. Where, where are those markets? Are they in the player? Yeah, to score two tries. Uh, three bucks. Yeah, well, that's a possibility. Score two or more. Wow, that's good odds. Big Olaka R2, 15 Dora for a crash out, a double crash. Saab's actually shorter than Trebojevic to score a double. Yeah, him and Saab, him and Garrick, sorry, because obviously they get to both those edges. But yeah, any time looking at it here, Olaka R2 is now into 320. To score? Yeah. To score a double, he's 18 bucks. Oof. The, the big man. The, the big man. The huge man. Not for Luma, seven bucks for a double. That's not out of the realms of possibility. Yeah, they're gonna need the, they're gonna need the football for that. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And also to get up there, but yeah, there you go. That's very in depth. That's over an hour plus punting. Good times. Yep. For everybody out there, again, hope you're staying safe, stay active, family, friends, talk, Zoom, get out uh, twenty half hour a day. Make sure you. Get a bit of sweat in here. It's always good to clear the mind. I get a bit of head noise when I get locked up. But uh, otherwise, one day away from kicking off round 19 of the NRL action. As we said last week, that was the last sort of origin-affected round. We're now on the run home. Can anyone rise up to the level of the Panthers and the Storm? We're going to see them clash in the next few weeks. Then we've got Manly versus Storm the week after. At full strength, hopefully, we'll get a real gauge of where they're at. Can Parramatta steer their way through this period without Moses? Can Canberra find a way through or anyone in that fucking logjam to somehow lock up one of those top eight spots? Who knows? But it's all ahead of us now on the run home for the NRL season. But for now, Boxhead, take care. Look forward to hopefully... Yeah, I'm going to go turn the, uh, turn the NBA on game six. Yeah, that's good. Good shout for today. Buck Suns. Hopefully, it goes to a game seven. Give me something else to watch during this fuck time. But anyway, good times. Yeah, reiterate what you said. Just make the most of this horrendous situation. Yep. Stay active, like I said. Family, friends, talking, zooming. Footy, footy, and premiership drinking. Yes, I need to buy some. Uh, some beers before the weekend, actually. I think we're we're having a we're having a Zoom race day, me and my mates. We did it last year for my exciting thirtieth birthday, which was in lockdown. But this weekend, I think we're just canning and betting on horses. Fair enough. So, got to do what you got to do. Fair enough. You do. Alrighty, everybody out there, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on, give us more, give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 